now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Checking the microphone. Wow, am I like a really good singer? Did I just nail that? Checking the microphone. Nope, not, not a good singer. It's the Rutledge Podcast. With your boy Gabriel. I'm not, I can't. I see people refer them to themselves as like, hey, it's your boy, whatever. And it sounds natural. And I just, I'm not one of those people. Hey, it's the person whose podcast you're listening to, whose podcast, what's up? I can't, I got, you know, I can't, I'm not a your boy guy. Maybe I'm a dude. Hey, it's your dude, Gabe. Yeah, that felt right, didn't it? I am a dude. Hey, it's your dude, Gabriel. Christy gets mad because I call her dude. I'm like, I, don't know. I thought dude was a, sort of a non-gender specific term. Like, hey, dude. But, you know. You know how these bitches are. <sighs> was that worse than dude? I think it was. It's a Saturday afternoon podcast for me, uh, which means uh, it's not a coffee or an alcohol podcast. It's a, I'm drinking water, which makes sense, because I like my water like I like my women. I need it to live. Come with me if you want to live. I'm known for my impressions. Who was I talking about impressions to recently? Uh, One thing that TikTok and social media in general has taught all of us is impressions are not, uh, I won't say they're not as hard as we thought, but more people can do them than we thought. Like when I was a kid, I would watch Saturday Night Live and I would be like, wow, that Dana Carvey he sounds just like George Bush. We senior. We didn't call him senior at the time. We just called him George Bush. And actually, Dana Carvey sounded nothing like George Bush. It was more of a caricature than a uh, impression. But it just seemed like everyone who could do impressions, you either knew their name or they were on Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. And now you go on Twitter. And uh, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people who do impressions. And uh, they're like, for the most part, many of them are better than celebrity impressions. It's just whatever. Uh, So it is kind of weird. Maybe I should start one. Check out my new Twitter account. uh, At Get in the Chopper. That's my new that's my new TikTok account. At get in the chop get in the chopper. Of course I I'm not that good at impressions, so obviously that impression though, it's pretty obviously uh Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. I'm getting good. My real TikTok, uh at Gabriel Rutledge. I don't know, I should have. Some of my stuff's at Gabe Rutledge. Some of it's at Gabriel Rutledge. I should have really stuck with one or the other. But anyway, what am I at? 122,000 followers. It's slowed down. I could use a hit, you know? 
Maybe I need to break into the impressions. Uh, my family is gone. I'm at home. My family is gone. Um, not permanently. What if my entire family just left me and I chose to do Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impressions? That's my defense mechanism. <laughs> That's how I handle all bad news. <laughs> You have six weeks to live. Get down! Maybe four. Get down again! Christy's like, I'm leaving you and I'm taking the kids. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> I can't live with you anymore. It's not a tumor! Uh, my family is in, uh, they're at PAX, which is uh, some sort of video game conferency nerd shit that uh, my son Johnny goes to every year. My daughter Maisie's there. My wife is there. And then uh, all of the youngest is not there, but she's uh, hanging out with her cousins in Redmond, Washington. Uh, so, I'm home, here, by myself. It's kind of weird. Uh, just me and the cats. And I guess, uh, yeah, I got some cat news. I got some cat news. Um, Don, former producer of the Rutledges podcast, our cat Don, is ill. He is not doing great. I mean, he's doing better than he was. I don't know, I kind of feel like, well, Don is 14 years old, so he's not a young man or a young cat. Uh, <clears throat> but I kind of feel like, you know, this is obviously a morbid topic, but my, uh, I guess you'd call him my father-in-law. It was more like my mother-in-law's husband. Uh, he got in a car accident and eventually died, I don't know how, how much longer later, maybe four weeks later, something like that. I can't remember the time frame. But the entire whatever it was, four to six weeks after the car accident, I don't know if it was just because uh, my mother-in-law was looking for positive news, so she just spun it that way in her head, or if it's actually what the doctors were saying. But for just four, however long that period of time was between the accident and him dying, they just kept saying, like, no, oh, yeah, he's going to be okay. We're going to get this. We'll get this. He'll get better. That'll get better. And he looked terrible. He looked like a man who was dying because he was. And it would just, no matter what the news was, it was like, oh, well, we have to move him to this hospital in Seattle. But it's actually better because they're going to have more of what he needs for his recovery. And in my head, I was like, well, that can't be good if they're moving him to a special hospital. But it was always like, no, 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 this is just, things are going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to make a recovery. And then he did not make a recovery. And uh, I kind of, I hope it's not true, but I am feeling that way about Don the Cat. Because the vet just keeps saying um, that he's going to be okay. And I want, 
I kind of, sometimes I want to say to the vet, like, come on, just, you know, <laughs> I, can hand, I can handle the truth. What is happening here? I know he's 14. So I think what is wrong with Don, I know what is wrong is it's uh, pancreatitis. He has pancreatitis, um, which is not, I think it can be fatal, but it's not necessarily fatal. And uh, so he is better than he was, but still not great. Um, and it's, we're in the middle of this thing where I guess, you know, he needs food and he's not eating very much. Um, because I don't think you want to eat very much when you have pancreatitis. And so they had to put uh, a tube that connects to, I can't tell where it connects because it's wrapped up, but it's esophagus somewhere. So he has this tube just hanging out of his neck. We have to like tape down. And then every six hours, we have to uh, inject this food mixture into his tube and some water and then his medicines and stuff. So like we're, it's like a full on, I don't know if triage is the right word, but we're, it's like every six hours we got to like tube feed our senior cat. And don't get me wrong, if this is what I have to do, to uh, have Don be alive still, okay, fine. But it's it's been four or five days, and I think we have like at least eight or nine more days we have to do it. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm going to put him down. I'm kidding. I'm not. I just, I. it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh. And again, oh no, yeah, this is great. This is really going to help him. And it's like, he has, you know, he's been into the vet so many, that he's shaved all around his neck where they had to do the procedure to get the tube in. His leg is shaved because they had to IV him for fluids a couple times. His belly is shaved because uh, they had to do a... Um, uh, ultrasound. Uh, so he looks like shit. I don't know what how else to say it. He looks like he's dying, and part of it is just the shaving, and part of it is just like he's walking around better now. But he was walking around like like he was in great pain, and you know, just stuff he never did before. He would pee on the floor next to the litter box, I think, because it was, like, too much to get into the litter box. You know, so though he's getting better. He's getting, he's not doing that anymore. Um, I guess the food tube is working, and I guess the prognosis is still somewhat positive, but it's, ay, ay, ay. And here's the thing. I know you're not supposed to talk about this, and you don't really talk about this with children. You just But you do talk about it with pets. And, like, for instance, uh, my daughter, Maisie, her eyes are not good, either are mine. Um, but hers are not good to the point where they're like, they do something now that technology was not available when I was a kid. But, like, basically, y you wear these... If your vision is increasingly getting worse faster than they want it to, 
They can give you these contacts you wear at night that I don't exactly know what they do, but it slows down or reshapes the... I don't know what it does, but it like slows down the degeneration of your vision. And her optometrist was like, yeah, I think we should do that because it's, you know, she's 13 and her eyes are getting worse and worse and worse. And so like, not that she would be blind necessarily, but it, so again, these contacts are like uh, $1,100 or something, but it's my human child. And I might go like, fuck, that's a lot of money because it is. But you're also like, what am I going to do? Say, no, 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 no. Who cares about my 13-year-old's vision? I don't care if that's what's good for her. We're not paying for that shit. I'll make her my own contacts out of old bush light can rings. I don't, you know. Of course, I will wince when we have to pay that money. But when it's your pet, I will also... If I have to pay money to keep my cat alive, obviously I will do that. But we are $2,700 in on Don's treatment for pancreatitis. I'm going to say that number again because I didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Yep, that's the right number. $2,700 and we are not done. Because at some point, he has to get the tube out. So I don't know how much that costs, but something. Uh, and holy shit. Again. If you're like, your cat's going to die unless you spend $2,700. I go, fine. I'll spend the $2,700. But man. He almost, uh, we thought he was dying a couple years ago. It turned out to be IBS. Uh, which I didn't know you could die from, but he started taking pills and was fine. That cost two grand. I'm a lot in on this cat. I've I spent more money on this cat than most of the cars I've ever bought. Uh, I don't know when he. I think I think it was a couple years ago. He was doing really bad, and I thought, oh, if we could just get a couple more years out of him, and then you know, it's been a couple of years, and now I'm saying the same thing. Oh, if we get a couple more years out of him, uh. But man, it's just, I find myself, I say things to myself like, well, for this money, he better not fucking die. And of course, that's <laughs> not how life works. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, he is improving. But I, I don't feel like he's like totally out of the woods yet. But uh, he is improving. That's the good news. Oh, man, just pets. I mean, pets are the best, but they're just... It's just like buying a ticking sadness bomb as soon as you get a pet. <laughs> oh. And it's kind of, on some level, it's almost embarrassing to care about your pets that much when you don't... I mean, we don't... I mean, I think my cats just live here because we give them food and a place to stay. I don't know how much affection they have. I don't know. You know, they want to be petted, and they. But is that about is that about us or them? 
<laughs> I mean, Christy and I don't have to be getting along for me to want to have sex with her. That's about me, not her sometimes. I feel like cats are that too. When your cat comes and sits on your lap, the human is like, see, Fluffer Nuggets does care about me. But really, Fluffer Nuggets is like, pet me, bitch. I'm going to bite you in two minutes. So I'm not, I'm not like so cold-hearted. I don't think pets have any love back in return. But I don't know if it's as much as we put on them. So it, it is, it just, before we had kids, uh, Christy and I had a cat named Rufus, which uh, was just spectacularly stupid cat. Like a special needs cat, a neurodivergent cat, as my kids would say. Uh, <laughs> in fact, our favorite how dumb he was story is uh, one time the power went out and we had to light candles. And he sat on a candle and burned a hole in his ass and only moved because we moved him. Like, he didn't notice. He was not a long-haired cat either. Short-haired cat with, like, it looked like a cigarette burn on his butt. Because he just sat on a candle. Dipshit. When he died, when Rufus died, I mean, Christy and I were so sad it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, especially, maybe it's because I had kids later, and I'm like, oh, this is love, but I just, we were so devastated, and, uh, but we were also like, we were just so like embarrassed that we were devastated uh, in, in some ways, um, but anyway, especially when you have kids, like, you know, Don has been in our life for 14 years. We got him when Johnny, who is 19 years old and in college, we got him when Johnny was five. We have pictures of Don uh, in a stroller while, you know, baby Maisie pushes him around. And, uh, you know, it's just he is a part of our family history. And... Uh, even if he's not dying now, he will, you know, he's 14. I don't know, what, what's best case scenario on a cat? 18? I don't even know. But it is weird to think about that. You know, our, our, our lives were so much different than we got, when we got him. We, we added two more children. Uh, we added more rooms to the house he lives in. Uh, you know, so it's just, uh, we added another cat, which he doesn't care for. That was sad, too, because, you know, uh, Buddy, our other cat, he goes over and he sniffs Don because he can tell something's wrong with him. You know, he's, cats are weird about their own sickness and other animals' sickness. But, so, uh, uh, Buddy will go over and, like, lick Don, and Don doesn't, you know, if he did that, when Don was healthy, Don would swat him in the face, but Don just sits there and you're like, oh, he's really fucked up. You know you're sick when you don't have the strength to hate. <laughs> I think even on their deathbed, a member of the KKK would be like, I just, yeah, I guess their skin color is different, but whatever, I just feel terrible. I got bigger problems right now than my pride. 
So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm praying to Cat Jesus. Not really. I'm just hoping that uh, uh, we got some more time with Don. And like, he is improving. He's definitely improving. There was a, like last week, I'm like, oh boy. Uh, but he is improving now. Um, and it's also, I don't know, can we talk about money? You guys can't answer. Um, it's in a very weird way, the pandemic ushered in a time in my life. <laughs> Even though the biggest concern when the pandemic started was money. That was my immediate concern. And that was a concern through all of it, through different phases of it. You know, I was delivering groceries for Walmart and waiting on un unemployment checks and uh, things of that nature. But in a weird way, the last year and a half, there's been a few peaks and valleys, but for the most part, the last year and a half, Christy and I have had more money than ever. Uh, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic at that time in 2020, March 2020, that's when we all got kicked in the fucking balls, isn't it? Even you ladies, right in your lady balls, right in the ovaries, right in the tubes. <laughs> that's what women should say. <laughs> Sometimes life kicks you right in the tubes, man. Uh... But at that time, Christy was a substitute paraeducator. She worked like one day a week, maybe. She was probably working less than 10 hours a week. And all of a sudden, in April, she was making $800 a week because of unemployment, pandemic unemployment. Um, mine took much longer to go through, but I was getting... Uh, I never got that much, but... You know, plus, we kept getting checks. I mean, I'm, we're still getting, we get 500 bucks because we have two kids. We have 500 bucks a month that come in from uh, uh, the government for having some sort of tax credit thing they're giving you earlier. I don't know what it is, but that's happening through December. So we're still getting money from the pandemic. Um, and then I got, uh, I figured out that I could get a, a loan, a forgivable loan as a small business owner. And so I did that. And that was a big chunk of money. And, you know, it's... I Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not saying this like I'm destitute right now, because I am not. We have... Uh, I have many things. I have a very blessed slash privileged life. Uh, I own a home that I, my mortgage is very low because we bought it for my mother-in-law. We have two cars. We have an abundance of things. You know, I pay someone to mow my lawn for God's sake. I'm not, you know, it's, we're fine. I'm not saying, please give me money. Although I actually do say, please give me money every podcast. So I shouldn't even have brought that up, but I'm, we're doing fine, but this is my point. That last year and a half of, I don't, it just, oh, should we buy this? 
whatever thing you're thinking about buying, if you're like, should I get this? It's $20 or $30 or $50 or $80 or $100, whether it's whatever you're looking at, pants, a shirt, something for the kids, uh, a new laundry basket, uh, you know, anything. For the past year and a half, basically, we were like, yeah, let's get it. We've had, you know, we're fine. We have money and savings. Just buy it. Man, that was nice. They say, you know, money can't buy you happiness. It can buy you contentment. It can buy you uh, less anxiety. And so to be, <laughs> you know, we had to pay for my son's college, not nearly what we thought we were going to have to pay. And people helped out with that, and he got a scholarship, and that's great. But we've had to uh, pay for a lot of things lately, and then we had to drop $2,700 on the cat so far. And so it's like, now we're back to, should I get this thing? And the answer to that is now no. And. Uh, I'm in mourning <laughs> over that. I really, I really enjoyed not having to stress about every financial uh, thing. I enjoyed, like, I was buying merch. I was never running out of merch because I'm like, yeah, let's order a hundred more shirts. I'll sell them eventually. And now, you know, before I did run out of merch, sometimes that I the merch I sell at shows, because I just sometimes wouldn't have enough money to order in time. And so it is It is this thing where it's just, uh, you know, it's familiar, you know, especially familiar because for many, many years of Christy and I's adult life, we made very little money. And so, you know, we're doing better than that now, but it's still like, I'm not, I'm not fully back to what I was making in 2019. Um, depends on the month, but definitely, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm de I don't know what, I haven't thought about what percentage, but I'd say off the top of my head, I'd say I was 75 to 85% back from what I was making in 2019, which is great. It's better than delivering groceries, but um, it's, it's uh it's like I said, a familiar feeling to be worried about money. Not that I didn't worry about money at all for the past nineteen months or whatever. That's I certainly had points because we never knew what was coming next. I didn't know I was gonna get a loan. I didn't know what my unemployment would be. But but again, it's been sort of on and off for whatever it is, nineteen, twenty months of uh not having to be anxious about money that much. And it is not a welcome return. And again, I'm doing fine. This is how, this is life. You guys know, listening, I'm assuming most of you uh, have money pressure at every level. Because humans are stupid. The richer we get, the more shit we buy. So we're all on the same razor's edge of success and failure and bankruptcy. You know? If I made a million dollars, well, why say a million? Why be an asshole and say it if I made a million dollars a year? If I made $200,000 a year, 
uh, I, I would not have the same expenses I have now because I would probably, whatever, buy a new car, buy a new house, go on better vacations. You know? So it is, it's, uh, you know, you guys know how life works. I'm just saying it was a nice break, man. I have never had fuck you money in my life, but I guess what I'm saying is sometimes it's nice to have guacamole money. When they're like, oh, just so you know, guacamole is an extra dollar fifty, And I go, yeah. <laughs> Let it ride, man. I got guacamole money. So we're doing fine. We're doing fine. But uh, <laughs> it's the combination of watching your cat be really ill and watching your cat uh, devastate your finances. You're like, oh, God damn it. It's not, it's not actually just the cat. It's just, you know, that's how... That's how it goes with money. Is like it seems like everything happens at once. But uh, so we just had a lot of shit to pay recently. Christy's in college now, online school, because uh, she is a <clears throat> a uh, full time paraeducator now. But uh, she's going to uh, WGU Online University to uh, be a teacher. I mean, obviously, that's, I don't know how long it takes, but years. <laughs> so she's just starting that process. But that's pretty cool, too. That's pretty cool, too. But I guess that's what I'm saying about money is because, like, when we, you know, she got financial aid and all this stuff to pay for it. I mean, it's online college. It's less than in-person college, but it still can be expensive. But it was just, like, whatever the price was, I can't even remember, but it was, like, Oh, yeah, I got that loan from the government. Of course, you should go to online school. It's nice to just say yes to everything instead of the first reaction being like, I wish I could go to online college, but it's probably not the right time for that. Um, so anyway, when Christy comes home on Sunday, I'll tell her she has to drop out and we're going to get a refund. <laughs> I'm looking at Don right now, by the way. He walked in, which is good. He's walking around, and he wants outside, which is also a great sign. Um, I'm not going to let him outside, because I don't want the other cats to make fun of him. Also, they have a, like a medical wrap around his neck. They shaved his neck. He's going to look so ridiculous when he gets his like bandage off. But they, he has like a wrap around his neck, and it's like, it has a design, it's like, has little chickens on it. I mean, Don is a grown-ass man-cat. He doesn't want a barnyard theme on his neck bandage, okay? He wants a picture of a hummingbird with a broken neck and blood coming out of its beak. Don's a fucking hunter. He doesn't want chickens on his neck. And I believe for $2,700, uh, you should be able to pick your uh, bandage design. I think that's fair. Hey, you guys know the word bourgeois? Or bougie? I mean, I'm not exactly 
familiar with its origins or what it exactly means, but, you know. I know my middle schooler says bougie all the time. In fact, when I would pick her up from school, I'd be like, how was school? And she'd be like, bougie. Uh, I'm, I know the word bourgeois, but did you know how it's spelled? And the reason, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is I'm doing uh, my shows in Dubai for the Laughter Factory. I got it. It's funny. They sent me a message, and it was like, hey, make sure you tag the Laughter Factory and all of your promo for the shows. And I'm like, oh, okay, but um, if you're expecting me to bring all my friends and family and fans that I have in Dubai to the shows, I have bad news for you because they do not exist. Uh, but the name of the September Laughter Factory tour, it's the Bourgeois Spiritual Pollution Tour. I have no idea what that means. But they it's spelled B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S. So I kept looking at it. I'm like, Burgoese Spiritual Pollution? The hell is Burgoese? I'm like, I'm too dumb. I can't go. I'm already insecure about being an international comedian because I'm too stupid. I'm, I think most of the people who go to the shows are going to be from the UK, and I'm like, I've never been to the UK. I don't know how many of my references they're going to get. So I was already worried about not the language barrier, but the cultural barrier, and I'm like, I don't even know what Burgoese means. And I was showing it to my bride, Christy, and she's like, I think that's bourgeois. I'm like, no, it's not. It's burg. I looked. It's bourgeois. I was worried I was too dumb for the tour because I didn't know what burgoese meant. And in reality, I was even dumber than I thought because it's bourgeois. So what does bourgeois spiritual pollution mean? I don't. Am I the bourgeois, the spiritual, or the pollution? Oh, look. here. Okay, I'm looking at the website right now. Danny O'Brien from Ireland as you might have imagined. If, there is, if you were making a movie about an Irish comedian and you named your character Danny O'Brien, you'd be like, nah, that's too on the nose. But no, his name is Danny O'Brien. And then a, a guy I went to Pakistan with is also performing, Rob Ryan, who if you were making a movie about an American comedian and you named him Rob Ryan, you'd probably think the same thing. He's number two on this uh, poster. And then uh, there's me, Gabriel Rutledge. If you were making a movie about um, a large, eyeballed, long-haired man who did comedy, that's what you would name him. So it says, it looks like Danny O'Brien is bourgeois. It looks like Rob Ryan is spiritual. And according to this poster, I'm pollution? What the fuck does that mean? Laughter Factory? I want to be bourgeois, just because I'm too stupid to know what it really means. I'd rather be pollution than spiritual, I guess. That's going to be quite the experience, man. I, uh, I hope in a good way, but I really do not know what to expect. Uh, I don't know a lot about Dubai other than they have a lot of money there. Uh, and they have a lot of crazy architecture and buildings and <laughs> whatever 
indoor golf courses and uh, indoor snow and, you know, all kinds of uh, crazy shit out there in the middle of the desert. So I don't know what to expect. And I definitely do not know what to perform. Um, I keep thinking about every one of my jokes and I'm like, oh, they're not going to get that. But I'll just have to... uh, I'll just have to start telling jokes and hope it comes out as pollution. You know what I mean? That's my part of the show. You guys have seen bourgeois. You've seen spiritual. Who's ready for some pollution? I don't know why that's the song I'm going to come up to. Paul Simon. (laughs) You can be my bodyguard and I can be your long lost pal. That's my onstage music. Only in Dubai, though. <sighs> what other shows do I have coming up that you might actually able to be able to go to? Uh, September 8th, Wednesday, I'm at the Airport Tavern in Tacoma. September 10th, I'm in Carmen's Backyard. You can't go. Uh, September 11th, I'm in Boise. That's a, what is the name of that venue? It sounds ridiculous. Let me find that one real quick. Sometimes you put things in your calendar, you're like, that's white. What's it called? Okay, come on, internet. Oh, okay, so I'm in Boise, September 11th, two shows, same night. At Watson's Mystery Cafe and Spirits. Watson's Mystery Cafe? What? Well, I hope they like pollution. Uh, So that's where I am September 11th. Um, September 12th, I'm in San Antonio. You can't go. Private gig. It actually, it paid really well, that private, private gig I'm doing in San Antonio. But they sent me the check like two months ago. So that money is long gone. It's been shoved up a cat tube at this point. And so now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they paid me up front. But it's also like, now I'm just paying my debt by going. I have to fly to San Antonio, get a hotel room, take an Uber or two, do my show, because they already gave me the money. I'm like working off a day. It's like an obligation now. It's not like, and when it's over, they'll give me money. I already got the money. It's gone. That really ruins my motivation. Anyway, then I go to Dubai. Um, I think the shows themselves are 16 through 22 or something. I don't know. Uh, Montana, September 29th. Big Sky, uh September 30th, I have nothing. If anyone in Montana wants me to go to their backyard, I'd love to. Uh, October 1st, Bozeman. October 2nd, Billings. I have another thing in Tacoma, October 13th on a Wednesday. I have Port Townsend, October 16th. I have Loonies in Colorado Springs, October 22, 23. Let's hope I get a few more things than that in October. Holy shit. <laughs> If I don't, I'll be re-downloading my Spark grocery delivery app. Uh, Anyway, thank you for the uh, Rutledge Revelers who pay money for this podcast. You're good people. Uh, If you would like to do that for as little as 99 cents a month, uh, you can. Uh, Go to the episode notes. 
click on support this podcast, and I will uh, use your money to buy cat pills or guacamole. It's only a dollar fifty. Uh, okay. I think we'll call that good. I have to go feed the cat, which usually means pouring food into a bowl, but no. I'm like a mad scientist <laughs> stuffing my cat full of liquids, pills, and brown sludge. You feeling better, buddy? Huh? I have a cat named Buddy, but I still call Don Buddy. I'm an idiot. I'm not Brigawee's at all. Show's over. We're done. Bye.